mass and do it all over again. And he said, well, you know, it just rolls my sins back. I said, well, what do you do with the Scripture in the Bible? He said, oh, we don't worry about the Bible. That's in Latin. That's for the, that's for the priest to interpret it for us. And I said, well, my Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And you know, the key, the key word in that whole Scripture is rightly. That, that's the key word in that whole Scripture, rightly dividing the word of truth. We can take the word of truth and make it to say what we want it to say, but that don't make it right. You know, Brother Regan was talking about putting things together and instructions. If I do it my way, I ain't doing it their way. I, I may end up putting a desk together with three legs on it. I ain't going to tell you I've done that before. Now, I might have four legs, two on top and two on the bottom. No, <laughs> Hallelujah. I'd like for my girls to get ready and sing. I'm glad my family's with us, and I appreciate them being here. And You know, I, I just want God to move. And, you know, if God don't move, we've wasted our time in being here. We've wasted our time in coming. Why, why waste our time and get dressed and waste our gas to come here if we, if we don't want God to move? You know, if a preacher would not preach to me, I wouldn't go there. If they're not going to tell me Acts 2.38, what it takes to be saved, I want to know what it takes to be saved. You know, if a preacher preaches something and you're doing something wrong, that's when you need to thank God instead of getting upset that you got caught. You know, we get upset because, well, you know, God caught me. God didn't, No, God didn't catch you. You ought to be thankful God caught you. He didn't catch you. He's trying to get you to repent. Hallelujah. You know, you look at Sodom and Gomorrah. You look at everything that happened in, in Sodom and Gomorrah and the wicked. Sodom and Gomorrah don't have nothing on America anymore. I mean, we, we you know, we pass these laws and the Supreme Court upholds different things. And, and you just sit there and you, you look and say, God's got to come back soon. Well, you know, don't scare people. No, the Bible says comfort. I told it this morning, it says comfort one another. That's a comfort knowing God's coming back. Matter of fact, I was talking to one of the elders uh, just the other day, and he, he made the comment to me. He said, you know what? I'm ready to get out of this world. He said, because it's as wicked as it's ever been, and it's getting worse. He said, I, I, I'm ready just to go. He said, I feel sorry for you young guys that have to carry this on. He said, you're, you're dealing in, in things we've never had to deal with. He said, this is unprecedented times. You know, and the thing is, God's not weaker now. And I thank God, I, I, I made plans to go to Heritage, especially when I knew the elders were preaching. But my Bible says Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, that was back when they were young, today and forever. We look and say, man, I wish we could have a move of God like that. Why can't we? You know, it, it puzzles me at times because we think, man, I'd have loved to have been in their day. What's different in their day and now our day when it comes to a move of the Holy Ghost? I'll tell you the difference is they wanted it and they got it. The difference is we want somebody to give it to us because we've, ra we've been raised up in a lazy generation. Where we want to come to the house of God, 
Be entertained by the song leader. Be entertained by the preacher. If you come for entertainment, I didn't bring puppets tonight. I'm sorry. But the difference is they came and they would stay all night long. I was at Elder Moody's preaching a revival there, and I, I spent a lot of time there. And I was telling Brother Regan today, I, I, I spent many, many, many weeks there, and months actually. And I would sit, and we would go in his office after church, and I would sit across the desk from him, and I would listen to story after story. I would ask him questions. And we sit there one day, and I, I asked him, I said, Elder, why don't we see miracles like that? He said, we could. It's just, it's us that don't really push for him anymore. He said, it's us that our faith is wavering on whether we really believe God is the healer. We stayed in a church service that lasted till midnight or after, watching God heal person after person. No preaching was even done. And we watched God begin to heal soul after soul, person after person. You see, we're so focused on, well, we got to get out of here and do this and get out. We're, 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 we, we've become such a lazy and rushed generation that we, we you know, we, we've got to bring our phones into the house of God. We got to, you know, what, what time do we really give God? What time do we really give Him? Oh, I got to see what my latest friends posted. I got to hear. If you really love God, you're willing to give God your time. Not, not leftovers. We, you know, my wife will tell you, Brother Regan, I'm not a leftover person. Unless it's pizza or soup. I can eat both them leftovers. But she makes a roast or makes anything like that. I'll eat it once. And if no if my girls or no one else eats it, it's gonna stay in the refrigerator until garbage time. Because I, I don't I don't I just don't like leftovers. I like something that's fresh. Why do so many times in church we accept the leftovers? We, we accept them. We, we're the ones that take them. That's not the will of God. The will of God is for us to get a brand new touch every time we come to the house of God. Psalm 70, I believe it's Psalms, I forget, 78, whatever it said. It said they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited him. They put him in a box. They said, well, God can't do this and God can't do that. It don't matter what your life's been, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. It don't matter if you've been a drug addict. It don't matter if you've been an alcoholic. It don't matter where you came from. It don't matter if you ain't got two nickels to rub together. God don't look at that. He looks at the soul of a man and says, there's somebody that I can touch. There's somebody that I can fill with the Holy Ghost. So when the devil lies to you and says, you ain't good enough for God, you, you know, you, you're a failure, you're a mistake. No, you ain't, too, you ain't too bad for God. You know, our problem is we think we have to get good to get God. No, we got to get God to get good. We, we expect to try to get ourselves together before we pray through. No, if you'll pray through, God will help you get things together. If you'll give your life to God, He will help you put things together. He will put your life in perspective. Because he's a God that cares. He's a God that cares. He's not a God out there looking to beat you over the head. Well, why does that preacher get, why, why does it get, it don't get scared. God's trying to wake you up. You know, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't want to go to judgment day 
and there'll be a surprise in my life that a preacher didn't, God didn't send to a preacher and let him preach to me. How bad would that be to go before judgment day and God said, you got perversion in your life. You know, we can fool ourselves to thinking we're all right. We can fool ourselves sitting on an apostolic pew thinking everything's going to be okay. Well, you know, I'm not as bad as that one. The Bible says to judge yourselves among yourselves is not wise. Don't look at his worship and, and predicate yours on it. And I'm not picking on it. I'm just saying that's what we do. Well, he's not running. He's not dancing. She's not dancing. She, so we'll sit there. You know what? God's just looking for somebody. God's looking for a vessel that he can use. Uh, God's looking for somebody that's willing to open up to God and have church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm so glad to be in Olathe. So glad to be with Pastor Regan and his family. And like I said, we love these people dearly. They are great friends. And I get in jams, I'll call this man because I know he's got some experience. And I know he, he can help me because I know God helps him. And I do appreciate them and we love them very much. I'm, I'm glad today that God crossed our paths. I am so glad when we met them. And I know my wife knew them, but I'm glad it worked out that, that we met them and was able to become friends and able to preach the Word of God. And, you know, you just need to be thankful you got a man of God like you have. You ought to be standing and clapping your hands. Hallelujah. You know, Elder, someone told me one time, said, why do you close your eyes and turn your head so much? I said, because I don't want to see their expressions. It'll make me mad. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. But you know, you ought to be thankful. You ought to be thankful. And if there's one word that I could really say about him as pastoring, is long-suffering. And if you're going to be a pastor, you've got to be long-suffering. Elder Moody told me when I start, wanted to start that church, he told me, he said, one word that they described me around home at, and I, I thought of Brother Jared, scary. <laughs> uh, have you ever been around Elder Moody when the Holy Ghost gets on him? It'll send chills up your back. But he said, the word they use around home, he said, you'll never guess. And I couldn't guess. You know, I mean, I was guessing holy, whatever. He said, long-suffering. He said, that is a trait you need as a pastor because souls need to be saved. If they're going to make mistakes, they're going to fail just like we do. Say, well, you know, you're a preacher. Yeah, I put my pants on one leg at a time. But God has a leader. God has to have a man of God to lead the church. And you ought to be thankful that he gave you one that loved you, that cared about you. That he's willing to preach. He's willing to bring preachers in. He's willing, he's willing to do whatever he can to save you. And I've learned sitting under my pastor for over 26 years now. I've seen him have to have a few people leave, Elder. I, I've seen it. And I knew he did it with a broken heart. Because he'd done everything he could to help them. God's long-suffering. That's, that's one of the descriptions of God. We need to have the attributes of God. 
And your pastor has them attributes. You ought to, you ought to be thankful. You ought to be thankful. I'm going to let them sing, and then we'll get into the word of the Lord.
Oh, we thank you, God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know the silent hopes and dreams that we have is a lot of things the devil gives us. He wants you to hope and dream for the best. And sometimes that our ambitions take us out of the house of God. And you know that becomes so dangerous when we let our ambitions take us out of the house of God. And we try to enhance our career and we try to do a lot of things and you know we think it's for the best of us. But for the best of us is living for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I know we have jobs, and I have men in my church that we have a paper mill there in town and have one that works there. He has to work shift work from time to time and have another one that works shift work. And, you know, I, I understand work comes and you have to work to support your family, but when you begin to take ambitions that don't require work in this church, then you, you've got your human soul desire. You're, you're doing what you desire to do. Because if you really want to be in the house of God, besides work and sickness that is contagious, you're going to be in the house of God. But if a headache keeps you out of the house of God, you're going to have a headache every week. You, you, the devil will make sure you have a headache every week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're so glad to be here. If you have your Bibles, you will turn with me to John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4. It's going to be a little lengthy reading here, but... I want to preach what I feel today. I just, this is, God been dealing with me about this for a little while. And I just feel like I need to preach what he's laid on my heart. John chapter 4, beginning with verse number 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples... He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then he, come, then he cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me the drink thou would have asked, and he would have given thee living water. Verse 10 says, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who gave it is that saith, Give me the drink, thou would have asked him, and he would have given it. He would have given thee living water. If you would have just asked, if you would have just asked, I, I, I would have gave it to you. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence hast thou the living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself, 
and his children and his cancel, his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come neither to, neither, hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband. I, I'm not going to get into all that. But verse 14 says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now I want to preach just for a little while. I don't plan on preaching long, but that don't mean a whole lot. Just try to give you a little hope. But uh, I want to preach for a little while. You have to get it for yourself. You have to get it for yourself. We can put our Bibles down and lift our hands and ask the Lord to help us. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Lord, we pray that you would touch souls tonight, God, that you would have your way. Lord, let your anointing sit in this house, God. Move in this place, God. This is your church and your people, God. Lord, and we pray that you would have your way in this house, God. Oh, we come to give you glory. We come to give you praise. For you are great and greatly to be praised. You are high and lifted up, Lord. And we thank you today. We thank you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Notice here in John chapter 4. It begins and it says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, verse 2 says, Though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being wearied with journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. You see, Jesus had need to go there. You know, sometimes we look and we begin to say, well, I, I don't understand this, I don't. You know what, God knows what he's doing. He put this plan together a long time ago. And you know, we, we come and here's Jesus, he's wearied himself from the journey. He, he's wore out from this journey that he just took. But the reason he went is because he needed to be there. He had need to go through there. And he went there, even though he was weary. He got there and he continued on talking to this lady at the well. He continued on telling her, I've got, you know, I can give you living water. I can give you something that will never thirst again. And you know what? She, he was telling her, you've got to get this for yourself. I can't ask you to draw this out of the well of the water. I can't ask you to give me a drink of this. But you have got to get this for yourself. 
You know, we, we want a lot of things. We, we want the preacher to preach. Uh, but you know what? If you have a word of God and you, you hear it and you've got it enough inside of you, uh, it don't matter who's standing behind this desk. Uh, it, oh, it needs to be a man of God. Don't somebody go there. I don't want to have to clarify with that every time. But when, the, when he puts somebody up here and your pastor appoints somebody up here, you shouldn't make them preach and pull teeth. Uh, you ought to be getting what you got on the inside. It ought to come out of you. It ought to be a river of living water from the inside of your soul. You want to see a revival? You got to be a revival church. Just because, be seated, I walk in a garage and stand there, I can call myself a car, but I'm not a car. Just because we want to be a revival church don't mean we can just say it and we are. We can put apostolic on the sign and not teach any kind of doctrine, not any kind of standard. You know what? It don't, it don't matter what's on the sign. It matters what's in your heart. It matters what's on the inside of you. If you got the real Holy Ghost, if you got it. You know what? God began to deal with me. I've never preached this before. Never seen this this way before. And he began to deal with me. And I, you know, I believe in so much what, what Elder Riggins doing and the missions that he's working. God put this in his hand. My church supports that. Matter of fact, I've got a check my wife left at the hotel. I've got to blame it on her. I'm just picking. But we did. We brought a check from the church that we've had. Because, I mean, I run a small church and I've got a check for $750. But I support that so much. But God began to open some things to my eyes. I didn't ask God for this. God just began, I began to pray saying, God, if I'm going to go through there and preach, I want to preach what you want me to preach, God. Put the word of God in my mouth. Uh, not just some order. I'm not an order. If I, if I had to depend on myself, uh, I wouldn't be a preacher. But I know when the anointing of God comes in here. And I know when the Holy Ghost begins to move uh, that God will begin to do a work. Uh, because God is going to do a work in this house tonight. Uh, if you will allow God he can fill you with the Holy Ghost if you allow God he can deliver you from drugs he can deliver you from alcohol he can deliver you from perversion but he ain't gonna do it until you get this for yourself we expect God to come in here and shake us all over be seated you know, I, I told someone in my church one time, I said, you know, I said, we always say we're waiting on, we're waiting on God when God's waiting on us. Well, I don't want to get in the flesh. Well, your flesh better be a big part of it. Because if I seen a spirit dancing up here with no flesh, I'd be out that side door first one. Well, I'm just too tired. You're never too tired to worship God. Well, I, I got too much. Let me tell you, the devil's the master distractor. He knows how to distract you tonight to keep you from getting anything from God. You know, brother, I, I, I remember Holy Ghost was moving in our church, and we had two young boys that started coming there. They was 17, 18, and boy, I, I don't want to say they was full of the devil, but they was pretty close. And every time the Holy Ghost began to move, they'd start acting up. 
You know, I know you're wondering, did, did you kick him out? No, I prayed him out. I learned that from Elder Moody. He told me, he said, you know, when you're long-suffering, all you have to do is pray and God will take care of it. I actually called the elder and I said, what do I do? He said, he said just start praying that God will take care of them. He said, don't pray that they leave. He said, because you'd rather see them get the Holy Ghost. He said, just pray that God will take care of them. And I begin to pray, God, you know the need there, God. You see the need in this situation, God. Lord, I want you to move on them boys, God. He moved on them. He moved them right out the door. And you know what? The first day he moved them out, somebody got the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, the Bible says the threefold cord is not easily broken. We always acclaim that to the devil. But I wonder if there would be three people that were full of the Holy Ghost uh, that would bind together. You would have so much victory around here because you would say the devil ain't going to stop this church. Uh, the devil ain't going to stop a move of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you need to get back to getting this for yourself. Uh, don't wait on Pastor Riggin to come back from Africa and preach. Uh, don't wait on, you got to get it because when you get it, uh, you can dance. Uh, when you get it, you can shout. You ever see somebody get full of the Holy Ghost and they'll start dancing and they'll start shouting? Now I, was, I was praying before church. Be seated. And you know, we put a lot into how people worship. I didn't have this in my notes and I ain't even got to where I want to go yet. I don't, I don't want to preach long, but I got to preach this off of me because God put it on me a while back and it's been on me since. And I've never preached this message. But he, he began to deal with me. I, did, I didn't even know to realize this. We put so much on to our dancing and shouting. And you ought to do that. That is apostolic church. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Then say enter into the court saying, oh God, it's been a terrible day. Oh God, no, enter, enter in with a praise. Because when you begin to praise God, the devil's got to go. When you begin to lift your voice, the devil's got to go. I was preaching at the home church in Wheelersburg before I, before I started this church. And there was a young man, I, he grew up in a youth group that me and my wife was over. He was about 17, 18 years old. He come to church and he was praying, and we 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 run. I don't know. Pastor Davis runs probably around two hundred, and you know you look at that. And I can remember when he came; it was down to about twenty people. But we're praying with this young boy. We're praying. He, he you know he's praying and he's doing all this stuff and he's shouting a little bit. It wasn't ringing true, Elder. I, so I walked up and I laid my hands on him, and man, when I did, he took a swing at me. And it was good I was still young because I was quick enough to duck. And when I did, the, the other people grabbed him and he began, with, with 200 witnesses, he began to growl at me. Ah, he'd been working in a funeral home. He'd been doing a lot of things in that funeral home that he shouldn't have been doing. He'd been playing with Ouija boards and he'd been messing around. He said he'd been seeing spirits of the dead. He'd been playing games with God. And he began to growl at me and he began to, I began to pray for him. I thought, you know what? God is greater than the devil. But here is the key. As much as I wanted to pray for him, I could have took a bottle of oil this big and dumped it on his head. But if he didn't want deliverance, he wasn't getting it. 
Oh, well, you can pray the devil. Yeah, you'll pray, but if they don't want it, you and they ain't going to get deliverance. I leaned up and I got in his ear and I said, if you want deliverance, Anthony, God can give it to you. And he looked at me. He was glaring. You know, some of them said, man, I was scared to death. It wasn't over. It was just beginning. So I began to pray for him, and I said, you got to call on Jesus. I can't do this for you. you got to call on Jesus. you got to do it yourself, son. And I began to pray and began to talk. And all of a sudden, he began to come up off the ground. I'm not exaggerating. He began to come off the ground. And we begin to pray. And I said, you need to call on Jesus. You know, some people say, God, 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 God. No, there's Jesus. And there's no name given among men whereby we must be saved. And that is the name of Jesus. And he began, all of a sudden, he began to tears begin to come down his face. And he went back down on the ground and he fell on his knees. And I got down beside him. They're still holding his arms. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know he's going to swing at me. Sister Hilton told me she thought surgery's for old people. I said, they made an exception for me. Because I ain't old. I'm just starting. <laughs> After hearing them elders, I feel like a young pup. <laughs> and he began to weep and he began to cry. And I said, you got to call on Jesus. I can't do this for you. I can't deliver you as much as I want to see you delivered. As much as your pastor wants some of you to get a hold of this. Uh, he can't do it for you. Uh, he can preach it. Uh, he can pray. Uh, he can do all that he can humanly possibly do. Uh, but it's up to you whether you want to get this uh, or whether you don't want to get it. Uh, it's up to you. That boy fell flat on his back and he was weeping. And he began to try to say, Jesus, he was, he was trying. And I said, if you want to get rid of what you're doing, that's the only way. That is the only way. And he began all of a sudden say, Jesus. And it began to get louder. Jesus. And it began to get louder. And all of a sudden, the tears began to come harder. And within just a matter of minutes, that young man's talking in tongues. As God gave the utterance. He filled him with the Holy Ghost right there. But as bad as I wanted him delivered, Elder, I couldn't do it. Pastor Davis couldn't do it. So they, they come to me. Preaching's going on. Or he, pastor's exhorting. His dad, they took him back in the prayer room. And I walk in there. He, Pastor Davis told me, go pray for him. I walk in there. There's about ten men around him. He lunges at me. He comes swinging at me. And I, I just kind of sidestepped him. And they pinned him against the wall. And then we begin to pray for him. He began to turn colors. He began to turn colors right there. And I had to tell him the same thing. If you want deliverance, you got to get it. I can't give it to you. God ain't going to give it to you unless you ask for it. You know, we got the idea, well, God knows what I need, so he'll give it to me. Well, you walk in McDonald's and you just sit, go and sit down. They're going to look at you. Well, they know I'm here for food. They know, they know I'm here to get something to eat. They're, they're, not, they're just going to look at you like you, you just fell off a truck somewhere. But when you get up and you walk to the counter and you say, I'll take a number two. I don't even know what number two is. I don't eat at McDonald's enough, thank the Lord. That's a blessing. The only thing good going for McDonald's is the french fries. 
But you know, when you, when, when you go up there and you begin to order, they can give it to you. We come in the church, Elder, and we say, well, God knows what I need tonight. And we sit down and we go, church is over. I didn't get it tonight. Well, how could you get it? You didn't ask. The Bible says leap for joy. It didn't say come in jumping around because you're happy. Oh, well, that's going to take some of my flesh. You better believe it's going to take some of your flesh. Paul said, I die daily. I got to keep this flesh under subjection. You learn to pray and put it under subjection. I'll tell you what else. When you begin to call on the name of Jesus, uh, that'll begin to do something for you. You begin to cry out, that'll begin to do something for you. That's why the Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people. But it don't stop there. Now, I just wonder what would happen tonight if I told you I didn't want, cla- want you clapping your hands no more. Well, that's the Bible. So is shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Bible. Oh, but we, you know why clapping the hands is so good, Elder? It's non-committal. There's no commitment. Everybody can clap their hands. You ever been somewhere and they said something, everybody claps their hands? You know, what are we clapping for? You go to an apostolic church and everybody, yeah, amen, then they're clapping their hands. Yeah, oh, I can do that. But when you're bound... And you, you, you know, it's not just a clapping hands, but you begin to shout unto God. You know what you're doing? You're making a commitment. God, I love you. You're opening up your voice, and you're beginning to talk to God. You're beginning to lift up your voice. You're beginning to say, God, I need more than the normal tonight, God. God, I come for more than just a regular Sunday night, but I need deliverance tonight. I need a touch of the Holy Ghost. We're so used to coming and going through the motions. Why not have a life-changing service in here? Why not somebody receive the Holy Ghost? Why not somebody get delivered? You want to get delivered? You got to want it. You want the Holy Ghost? You got to want it. Let's see I love my girls. They know I'd do anything for them. But, you know, they can want something, but if they don't tell me, I don't know. Because I ain't never been a girl. I don't know what it's like to want a dress, Brother Egan. I'm not even really sure I know what it's want to, like a, to want a suit. My wife just gets them for me. I got, I got more ties. My girls are always making fun of my ties. I said, you guys buy them all. I don't. I might buy a few now and then if I really like them, but not much. But, you know, I wouldn't know until my girls expressed the desire of what they wanted. Now, there's some things, Elder, I can't give them right away. But you know what? When we ask God, he is faithful. We say, well, you know what? We, we, we really need this, God. God, we, we're, we're really in a bind, God, and we... We need this, God. The Bible says God will supply all your needs. Not always all your wants. Well, God, I, I'd really like a new car. He said, yeah, so would half a other million people. 
that that car ain't going to be important to you being saved. Well, that's my transportation for church. You can go buy an old jalopy and get to church. You know, that, that, that same pride that wants that person to park that brand new vehicle up front is that same pride that causes that person to park that old pickup truck out back. Well, you know, I don't want anybody to see what I drive. What's the matter with you driving? Who are you trying to impress? You need a girlfriend, Jared? No, I'm kidding. I'm just picking. I didn't hear that. <laughs> but you know what? When we want something, we just expect God to do it. Well, have you worshiped God today? All we want to do is ask, 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 ask. God, give, 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 give. God, give, 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 give. God, give, 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 give. Well, God, I, we come to church and we sit here and say, God, give me a blessing. What have you given God? Well, I raised my hands once. That's worthy of a blessing. Well, you know, it, it's for them young people to run and dance and shout and let them use all the energy. Well, that, 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 that's the one thing that bothers me more than anything. I got some older people that go to my church. I, I got one lady. She'd been in and out of the hospital. Matter of fact, right before I left on this trip, she was in the hospital. I went by and prayed for her. She'd been in the hospital a lot, but I see her sitting in the back. She can't get up. She's got bad problems with her legs swelling. She's got heart failure. She, but you know what she does? She lifts her hands and the tears. You know what? That's just as much as these young men running and dancing. God looks at that and says she's doing all she can do. She's doing, some of you ain't done anything in a long time. And you're trying to want God to bless you. You're wanting God to open up the windows of heaven. When's the last time you danced before the Lord with all your might, David? When's the last time you got with it? The problem is you ain't got it. You ain't get, you're living off of somebody else. We're living off of yesterday's blessings. You know, and God just began to open some things up for me. That's why that scripture I woke up on my mind. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. There wasn't no little, I managed the bank. and At times they'd put that little asterisk there. You know, no one ever reads the fine print. They just want that car. They just want that house. They're not worried about that fine print. You know what, Paul didn't put that down there. So forgetting those things which are behind, oh, that, that's just the bad things. That's just my past. No, I believe Paul was saying forget, forgetting everything that's behind. Because when we begin to remember the blessings, uh, we don't feel like we got to get another one. Uh, well, I remember when I got the Holy Ghost. You need to forget about that day and get it all over again. Uh, you need to forget about that time you got delivered uh, and get a touch of God again. Because you're living on yesterday. Uh, you're living on last year. We begin to live on that, and we, we want that. We want it all, but we're not willing to give God anything. Well, why does church get so tight? What? You know, I, I, I really, 
God began to deal with me about this. And, and, and in here it's talking about Jesus traveling. And it says he's weary. He goes there in verse number 6. And it said being weary with his journey. He's weary. He's got disciples, but they're not there. They're out to get some meat. But he's still going to he's still gonna reach out. You know what? God began to deal with me. God has need for your pastor in Africa. God has need to use him there to run this work. And when he comes home, he is going to be weary with the journey and that's why this church needs to carry the load I'm where I want to be right now you don't carry the load because you ain't got it to carry but when you got it on the inside when it's on the inside of you and you got it you don't need the man of God to be here every time these doors are open because you got a relationship with God. I've never seen that this way. I've never preached that this way. Be seated. But when you get it for yourself, when you get it on the inside of you, you don't need a babysitter anymore. You know, you remember when you got old enough, you didn't need the babysitter anymore. You remember them times said, Mama, I don't need somebody to come and watch me anymore. I'm a big boy. I'm a big girl, Mama. You know what? Why do we always have to have somebody up here cheering us on? Why do we always have to have, when your man of God comes in weary, he needs some men in this church to stand up and carry this thing. He needs some men in here to say we're going to carry this load. We're not going to have dead church. If you're really a revival church, you'll be a revival church. 20s in Africa. But if you're not, you won't be anytime. But when you've never had blood, sweat, and tears in it, elder, it don't matter if this thing goes or not. If you ain't prayed until the tears wouldn't come out of your eyes anymore. If you didn't worship till you was weary in body, you don't know what I'm preaching about tonight. Because this is God's church. Be seated. I got a little ways to go. I got to get this off of me. Because God began to burn this in me, utter. Because when you really got it and you've had your tears on these altars and you've had your sweat running and dancing and you put your blood into this and this is your livelihood. This is your church. God put you here. We go look. The preacher says something we're not happy with. We go looking around like Elimelech did. The first time there was a, there was a drought, he takes off to Moab with his wife and kids. Oh, well, there's a drought. Let's go see if there's another church that's a little better. You know why there's a drought? Because you didn't put your blood, sweat, and tears into this. You ain't got anything invested in this. I watched elder as them elders stood up there. I know they're concerned. Oh, yeah, they feel like there's young men that's going to carry the torch. I know that. But there's a concern in them. There's a concern because it only takes one wrong step. It only takes one wrong direction. 
Why should they be concerned? Because they got 70 plus uh, into blood, sweat, and tears into this apostolic movement. Uh, they preach conferences. They preach meetings. Uh, they preach at their home church. Uh, they got blood, sweat, and tears in it. Uh, they cried and they prayed. But when you ain't got this for yourself, you can come in here and not care if anybody gets the Holy Ghost. Not care if anybody moves. Oh, well, this is just a place that I rest. This is just a place I call home. You know what? If you're going to be saved, you got to get it for yourself. you got to learn to draw the water for yourself. And it ought to be, Elder come back and you're wearied in body. I know what traveling can do. I've done, done it for many years evangelizing. I'd pull into some places the night I had to preach and I'm out there trying to hook up my travel trailer and my sewer line comes apart. I was at one place putting it back together at 7.15 and people's walking in the church. And I'm there trying to get this. I know what it's like to be weary. To walk out. I've never went like he has across the country and but when he comes in and he's so weary, why do we expect him to do it all? Hey, you know what? He ain't said nothing to me, so if you're going to get mad at anybody, get mad at God. Because God said a whole lot to me. We want to see people get the Holy Ghost. It's not up to him to pray him through by himself. What did that, what did that say in verse number two there? What, what did that say about baptizing there? You know, you begin to read verse 2. It says, though Jesus himself baptized not. He had disciples. And he comes in weary. And you know, I'll just be honest with you. I didn't come to say anything I said this morning. Because there's a resentment when this man goes. Some of you feel like you're holding back your worship on him. You're not, you're not hurting him. You're hurting you. Oh, well, I, you know what? He thinks he can just leave for two and three weeks and go over there. He don't care about this church. You're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. This man loves this church. This man loves the work of God. This man loves it here and he loves it over there. He's putting everything he's got into it. That's why he's weary in body. What happened if you'd put everything into it? You might be weary in your body too. So when he comes back and he's weary and he comes behind this desk, you shouldn't make him pull teeth. You shouldn't make him entertain. But there ought to be a move of the Holy Ghost in this place. There ought to be men praying. There ought to be women worshiping. There ought to be a move of God. Be seated. He hasn't told me anything to say. We ain't even discussed any of this. And if you think otherwise, then you're not very smart after all. But Jesus had need to go there. Why did he have need to go there? Because there were souls that were going to hell. There was a lady that was going to be at that very well that he was going to say, I can give you water that you'll never thirst again. I can give you living water where you'll never. He was saying, hey, there's something more, but you've got to get it for yourself. I can't give it to you, but you've got to get it. 
I know I'll, I'll preach and I'll go home and, you know, that spirit always likes to try to distract and sidetrack and it always likes to come in. But if you get this for yourself, uh, you ain't got worry. You ain't got to worry about going to the movie house, Elder. When you get this for yourself, uh, you don't worry about that little perversion you're dealing with. Because when you get it, you don't want perversion. Uh, you don't want the movie houses. Uh, but you want to come to church. Uh, and you want to run the aisles. Uh, and you want to dance before the Lord. You know, I've only been seated. I've only been in my place three years. And I've had people that has come from other churches that were backslid a long time ago, and they, they went to other churches that didn't have a real good standard. And they come in, and they'll start asking me, why do you dress the way you dress? Why do you act? I just, I don't say, well, that's just because that's my conviction. I begin to open up the Bible. Man, this is a good time for Bible study. And I begin to open it up. We had, we had one lady come in there. She said, now, why do you all wear skirts? And I said, let me tell you about it. And I opened it up, and I began to show it to her. And she said, you know what? I've never seen that before. I didn't even know that was in the Bible. You know, people want to look at us and say, they do it just because they want to. No, we do it because it's in the Word of God. She's still in church today. That, that was well over a year and a half ago. And you know what? I told it to her, and she said, I've never seen that. What happened? The light come on. And she began to get a hold of it. I told my people, I said, I'm not the Holy Ghost police. I said, I ain't going to come to your house and see what you're doing or not doing. I said, because if you don't love it, it don't matter. You're going to do what you want to do anyway. But when you love God, you want to please God. When you love God, you want to do the things God wants you to do. Because when you get this for yourself, uh, you don't have to have somebody standing over you telling you, well, you can't do this. I don't tell my people that. Uh, they come in uh, and we have a demonstration and a move of the Holy Ghost uh, and I begin to preach. That does more elder than me trying to tell them, don't do this, don't do it. If your pastor has to do it, you ain't got anything in you. If it's easy to sin... If it's easy to do what you do, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. That same lady called me, and she said, Pastor, she said, I got a friend. She, she's wanting me to go to the Eagles and drink. And I know I should have said, nope, don't do it. I said, well, you got the Holy Ghost? She said, yeah, see, I'm a novice at pastoring. I, did, I didn't fly by what God, I feel God. I said, you got the Holy Ghost? She goes, yeah. I said, do you think Holy Ghost would be comfortable in there? She said, no. I said, well, you do what you want to do. You mean you didn't tell her not? No, I didn't tell her not to go. Because when you got the Holy Ghost, that Holy Ghost tell you, get out of there. That Holy Ghost, you, if she, when she didn't go because she listened to the Holy Ghost she had, they said it wouldn't be comfortable in there. She didn't go with her. I didn't have to tell her, oh, well, no, don't go and give her a three-month Bible study on it. I had things happen in my church. People have been taught 30 things at another 30. 
things for 30 years at another church. They backslid. They got out of church. They come back, and things they'd been taught in an apostolic church. Uh, they looked at me and said, you don't do that. Why don't you? And I'd show them the scripture, and they'd begin to take things off. Uh, they'd begin to get rid of things. You know what? I didn't have to tell them to. Uh, I just let the Holy Ghost move. Uh, and if some of you would let it move, it would lead and guide you into all truth. It'll lead and guide you. It won't pull you. It won't force you. It'll lead you. It'll say, come on. It'll lead you. It ain't going to force you. God ain't going to force you to go to an altar. He ain't going to force you to do anything. People say, well, you got to rule the iron fist. No, I let God rule. Because we're so worried. You know, when you got that real Holy Ghost for yourself, that pastor don't have to get up here and go over standards. Now, there'll be times he'll have to, maybe new converts, whatever. There may be times he just needs to reinforce things. But when you really get a hold of this, you don't need him looking over you saying, are you doing this, you doing that? Some people say, well, that pastor don't care because he didn't say nothing. Why should he have to say something? Don't you have the same Holy Ghost? You can get on there and watch YouTube things that are perverted. That's in here, brother. That's in this place. I felt it. I know. I felt it this morning. I know. I know it's a little tight right there. But why would you want to look at something that was provocative? Why would you want to look at something perverted? Oh well, that 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 that, that just helps me. No, I don't help you. I don't, I don't even want to, but why would you want to look at stuff? Why would you want to go places? I'll tell you why. Because that Holy Ghost said, see ya. Because if you really got the Holy Ghost, you ain't going to walk in places. If you really got the Holy Ghost, you ain't going to look at things. You know, you used to have to preach on pornography magazines. Now it's pornography internet. At the tip of a finger. Oh, but you, you don't understand, preacher. You know, that, that, that helps my marriage. No, that hurts your marriage. Because I read a statistic over 90 people ever that get involved in pornography end up in divorce. Because their imaginations run wild with what they see. Over 90%. Oh, well, you know what? I can handle it. I can do it. Yeah, that's what they all said. That's what every one of them said. Well, I, I can handle this. You know what? It lets me know. You see people begin to slide back and you begin to see them come in late, leave early. You begin to see them not around these altars. The Holy Ghost quit drawing them. The pastor's out doing, doing the work that God wants him to do. Well, we'll just sit back. If you're doing it because he's here, you, don't, you ain't doing it because you got it. I had an elder tell me one time, he said, you know, you want to have a good Holy Ghost check? He said, learn to worship when there ain't no music and nobody around. Can you get to praying and dancing when there ain't nobody watching you? Can you get to praying and dancing when the drums ain't going and the guitar ain't playing and the piano ain't going? Can you get there and get in the Holy Ghost and begin to dance? 
Well, you know, I need the music to do that. No, that you want. You ain't got nothing on the inside. Your emotions is driving your worship. Your emotions is driving the way you run and dance. But when you don't, you when you're all by yourself and there ain't nobody looking, and that Holy Ghost, and you begin to pray and you begin to dance. What are you doing? I'm not doing this for man, but I'm doing this because I love God. What did David do when he brought the ark back from Israel? When he brought the ark back to you, you know what? The first time they did it all wrong. They put it on the ox and they was going to carry it in. He said, no. They, they, then Uzzah reached up and touched it. And he, got, he got struck dead and scared David. But you know what? David realized I didn't do it the right way. You know what? When you worship God, what did the Bible say about David? It said he was a man after God's own heart. David failed. David made mistakes. But David had a relationship with God. When nobody would watch David, he'd be on the hillside strumming that harp and singing praises unto God. Here he is, bringing that ark back, and there's 30,000 chosen men of Israel. He takes off his kingly robe. He takes it. He said, you know what? Sometimes we think position means everything. We think notoriety is everything. David, you're the king, and he's got that kingly robe. He said, you know, we made a mistake, and we didn't put God first. He said, I'm going to take off this kingly robe. I'm going to take this robe off. And he said, I'm going to put on a linen ephod. And I, after every six paces, on that seventh pace, I'm going to dance before the Lord. with all. We're going to make a sacrifice, and we're going to dance before the Lord. I can only imagine, Elder, 30,000 chosen men sitting there looking at him as they make that sacrifice. And David just didn't go... That's worship, you know. The Bible said he's a man after God's own heart. David didn't go, Woo, hallelujah. Woo, man, I feel this. Woo. No. The Bible said he danced before the Lord with all his might. I believe he began to dance, and he was probably spinning, and he was probably just dancing. And they're going, the men are going, Hey, look at the king. Hey, look, look at him over there. What's, what, what's he doing? David's up there. He's just a shout. And he's, he's giving it everything he's got. They're going, man, he's nuts. Then all of a sudden, one by one, they begin to feel it. I could imagine what it was like when they finally got in there, when they begin to come into the city limits. Uh, I, can't, I can only imagine 30,000 men behind him. Woo, they're going like, you know what happened? They begin to get it for themselves. Uh, they just wasn't eyeballing David anymore. They just wasn't looking at David saying, hey, I wish I had what he You can get what David had. Uh, you can get what they have here. You know, I, I'd really like to have it. You can get it. As they begin to watch David dance, all of a sudden it began to rub off on him. Uh, you know what? It was so bad that his own wife, Michael, said, You made a fool of yourself, David. Heaven forbid anybody ever say that to their spouse or kid because they worship God. You look silly out there running. Nobody else was even moving. It was dead or in two o'clock in there. You know why it was dead or in two o'clock? Because you wasn't moving. You know, I can I can go to Papa Do's or some of them nice restaurants and 
I can eat all that food, and I can sit there and explain it to you, and I get your mouth watering. Man, that's good. Mm, man, I, I can tell you about all the food. That's if you like seafood. If you don't, I can tell you about a good steakhouse, or I can tell you these nice places. And, you know, you, you can be saying, man, I, I would like to have that, you know. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about the one that saved my soul from hell. The one that forgave me of my sins when I was lost and dying. The one that reached down into the miry pit uh, and pulled me out. Uh, you know what? Uh, taste and see uh, that the Lord is good. Uh, you got to taste it and see. I can tell you about it. Your mouth can water. Be seated. Give me just a few minutes and I'm going to close. I can tell you about it. Your mouth can water. But if I took you there, you'd be going, yeah, you're right. Uh, this is good. Uh, this is, you know what? I can get up here and I can dance all day long. And I can shout and you can look at me. But I can look at you and say, hey, taste and see. You know what? Hey, come here, Jared. Uh, come up here a minute. Uh, you know what? I, I just want you to watch me. I don't want you to do anything. I can sit here and I can dance. Uh, woo, man. Man, this feels good. You ought to try it. He's making a fool out of it. I could go out and I could say, hey, come here, man. Taste and see. Woo, hallelujah. Man, this feels good, don't it? Oh, you know what? You ain't getting a blessing till you taste the God. You ain't getting it until you get out there and get it for yourself. Oh, man, that, that, that looks good. Let me see. There was a man in church in Wheelersburg. I was just a young person, 18 years old. Him and his wife come to church. He'll tell you the story even today. Holy Ghost began to move. I could have just sat there and said, well, you know what? Pastor's out of town. Hey, this needs to be the same church when he's in Africa as when he's sitting right there behind me. Why should you go back and have to gain ground you've already gained? That went over about like a flock of pigs. You gain ground here, you get victory. And then he goes out of town, that devil said, I'm going to come and kill, steal, and destroy. I'm going to walk in there, and you know what? They've gained ground. Some of them ain't having the problems they used to have. They're getting a little bit of victory. They're getting, they're shouting a little bit now. They're dancing a little bit. And as soon as he leaves, the devil says, see, you don't need to do it because he don't care. I ain't even going to ask for a show of hands because I know what the devil's told some of you. Well, that work in Africa is more important than it is here in Olathe. need of him in Africa. <laughs> you know, the tighter it gets, the harder I'm going to preach. <laughs> Elder Moody told me, he said, when it gets tight, that's when you bust it between the eyes. Because if you don't, the devil walks out with the victory. 
I want the devil walked out with his tail tucked between his legs tonight. I want him walking out of here with some of you shouting for victory. When's the last time you actually got real victory? When's the last time you actually got a hold of this? When's the last time you got it for yourself? You got it for yourself. You got it for yourself. You got it for yourself. See, I'm trying. I'm trying to wind down. I'm trying to wind down. But you know, he he got there. And he was weary with the travel. He could have just said, you know, I, I don't. But you know, I'm going back. If, if some of you think that he thinks it's more important there than here, you're not thinking right. You've allowed the devil to to, to twist you. I know this man. I know this man well. His heart's here. It's over there. It can be that way because God has need of him in two places. God has made this open up. God has done this. And I've come to ask you, who do you think you are? you are that you can tell the pastor what to do and not to do. I read this brother God just began to open this up to me. He just began to open it up to me. He had to go by that city elder because there was a soul, even if it was just one woman, even if it was just one. You know, the devil lies to you and he said, you know, that's your pet. this is as much your work as it is his. That's why he needs, when he comes back, to have a church that has got a hold of this for theirself. That's why he needs somebody that's got a hold of this. Oh, I want to preach to the men for a minute. Men, you need to pull the load here. Men, you need to be the worshipers. You need to be the prayers. You need to be the one out in the aisle when nobody else is. You need to be the one praying and lifting up your voice when nobody else is. Oh, why do you say men? Because it's the way the authority goes. The man is the head of the household. Don't mean women just sit back and watch either. Women, you're a part of this. You ought to worship God. You ought to get in this thing. But when you get this for yourself, when you get it for yourself, when he walks back in after two or three weeks, he walks in the door and they're running the aisles. They're dancing. What's going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. You finally got a hold of it. sit there like a bump on the log. But when you got a hold of it, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. You walk in there. The first thing you don't do is look up the pulpit and see who's here. Oh, we better worship. He's got evangelists here. He's got a prayer. We better worship tonight. You ain't got this. You ain't got this. 
you ain't got this. You ain't got it. You never got it for yourself. You've been living off of somebody's splashovers. You've been living off of somebody else's worship. You ain't got a hold of it. Because when you got a hold of it, he don't have to worry about you anymore. He knows you're going to do your best. Be seated. They can come to the music. And just because you get a hold of it don't mean you ain't going to make mistakes. Bible said David was a man after God's own heart. He brought the ark back dancing and shouting. Then he walks up on the rooftop and sees Bathsheba. Oh, but I thought he's a man. No, I'm not condoning sin. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not condoning sin. But just because you made a mistake don't mean you're dead. Some of you need to show a little bit of life tonight. I was preaching a revival in Mississippi, and I'm closing. There was a young man there. He wasn't, he wasn't very old, 18, 19, just got married, probably 19, just found out his wife was pregnant. They'd been married nine, ten months, whatever. Found out his wife got was pregnant. He worked construction. He went at 7 in the morning and putting a metal roof on. And he got out there. He didn't have a safety belt on. He was 70 feet up in the air. And he stepped out in the condensation that was on the metal frame. He was getting ready to do the rest. He stepped on it and he slipped. 70 feet head first to concrete. Landed on his face. I seen the pictures. Landed on his face. His eye popped out of his head. Laying there, it was a miracle. He didn't die. He didn't sever an aorta when he fell in his neck from the blow. He was unconscious. They rushed him to the hospital. They called the pastor and called some of the church and family. And they, they beat the ambulance there. They're in there. They come rushing him through. They got him and they're rushing him through. Yeah, he made a mistake. He fell. They're rushing him through there. The pastor said, Said, sir, sir, and he's catching the doctor. He said, can we pray? He said, if you're going to pray, you better hurry because we need to get him in there and see what's going on. You better hurry. Young man laying there unconscious. They begin to call on God. They said the Holy Ghost begin to move in that room. They said God begin to come in there. And they said when they begin to roll him away, that young boy that was strapped down looked up and gave him a thumbs up. He let him know I'm not dead yet. It's not over with yet. God ain't finished writing the story. Some of you may feel like it's over. You need to get it for yourself. You need to get it for yourself. You need to get a hold of this from the front all the way to the back. You want to see a revival when everybody gets a hold of it. When everybody gets a hold of it. When everybody gets a hold of it. time some of you showed a little life the devil's been sitting back and he's been going uh-huh they're dead they never had it then all of a sudden 
all of a sudden on July the 19th, 2015, somebody walks up to the altar. They said, I'm my dead devil. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. got it for myself. Well, if you want it for yourself or you've already got it or you think you already got it, I want you to come up front and help somebody that don't have it get it. You know, we know how to pray people through to the Holy Ghost. But why is it when they're bound, we don't know how to worship with them? Oh, well, preacher, they're sinning. Help them get delivered. Help them pray through. Learn to dance with them. Learn to pray with them. Learn to shout with them. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and I want you to hear this. We had a tongues interpretation in my place, and a man jumped up afterwards, and he said, this is one of my best men I got. He said, you know what? God just revealed something to me. And Brother Waldrop was there preaching me a revival. And we had tongues interpretation. He jumped up. He said, God revealed something to me. He said, sheep beget sheep. He said, it ain't up to the pastor to beget the sheep. He said, we got to produce our own sheep. When you're married and you want kids, you got to produce them. You can't expect somebody else to produce them. This church... Is too dependent on this man producing sheep. That's not his job. That is your job. That is your job. That is your job. You're too dependent on him for worship. That's not his job. That's your job. That's your job. That's why when he goes to Africa and comes back, he's got to fight hell all over again. I just wonder, I just wonder tonight <laughs> if next time he has to go, my God, next time he has to go, what's he going to see when he comes back? Yes, amen. Is he going to have to go back and pray you through again? Is he going to go back and have to get your shout back again? Because when you got it for yourself, when he comes in, there's men running. There's women dancing. There's young people shouting. What are they doing? They got a hold of something. They got a hold of something that's real. It's not fake, but it's real. Now, let me tell you this, and this is what God spoke to me today. When Elijah was there praying, and the, and the prophets of Baal was out there, Elder. Man, they was doing the huckabuck. They was doing everything they could do. Man, they probably had their tambourines. Woo! Nothing was happening. Nobody getting the Holy Ghost. Nobody getting delivered. That fire didn't even come down. But then he, the prophet, steps up. And he begins to say a short prayer. <laughs> you see? the goods you will produce 
So when you ain't got the goods, it ain't going to come out of you. It's not going to be living water coming out of you because you didn't get the real thing. You didn't get it for yourself. Just because you can do a two-step, it don't mean anything. But when you begin to do a two-step and that Holy Ghost begins to move and it starts out like this and then turns into this. and then You know what? God's got a hold of them. God, Hey, when's the last time some of you let God get a hold of you? When's the last time you shouted? When's the last time you carried on? I watched young people this week for hours after hours praying and talking to God. There was young people getting it for themselves out there. But God has need of this man in other places. Don't mean he's neglecting this place. But it means that you need to carry the load. It means you need to be out here praying and worshiping God. It means when the devil begins to fight, that he's not fighting by himself. David said, Oh, how I long for a drink of the well. Oh, how I long for a drink of the well. say brother he didn't have to preach an hour and 20 minute message he said oh how I have a drink from the well three men said you know what the Philistines are there you know what it's going to be a battle but if he wants a drink we're going to get him a drink you want victory it ain't going to be easy getting victory because the devil's going to open up everything he can open up He's going to do his best to stop you. He's going to do his best to discourage you. He's going to do his best to distract you. But you know what? When you got your mind made up and you got a hold of this for yourself, you can walk through the Philistines. You can walk through the enemies. You can walk through them. I don't know. Maybe they was fighting their way through. Maybe they was kicking their way through. They come running back. Hey, King, look what we got you. Look right there. Take that, King. Look, we went and got you some drink. They did it because they loved their King. (laughs) Oh, I just wonder. You know, I, I know this place could have blew up a few minutes ago, but it wasn't just right yet. It wasn't just right yet. But I'm telling you, God's fixing to move in this place. And if you want it, you can get it. If you want it, you can get it. But if you don't want it, you're going to be watching somebody that does want it. You're going to be watching somebody that said, hey, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get, because when it's on the inside of you, when you really love God, you learn how to dance when you got a headache. You learn how to shout whenever things going wrong. You learn how to live your best for God, no matter the circumstances. play a song used to be one of my favorite songs we don't sing it a whole lot anymore when I evangelized we sung it a lot said I feel the joy of the Lord falling fresh on me 
Lord if you don't want to. But I just wonder how many wants to feel the joy of the Lord. I just wonder how many people really want to get a touch of God tonight. You know, Elder, I, when I evangelized, I was preaching at a place that had about 50 people in it. And I asked the question, I said, who has needs in here tonight? Before I started preaching, man, every hand shot up. Everybody had needs. And it's probably the same everywhere. I got done preaching. I said, now, whoever has a need, I want you to come up front. My wife can witness this. My girls, they might have been too small to remember. Three people walked up front. What happened to the other 47 that raised their hand? Everybody come up front. No, I didn't. I said, okay, if that's it, nobody else come up. Man, you're, you're just, no, I gave them a good long time to come up, and three people walked up. And I said, now the rest of you are going to watch. Well, man, that's just awful bold. You know, I was just being honest because God was fixing to do it for everybody that wanted it. The lady over here needed the Holy Ghost. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Me and the pastor walked down and began to pray for another lady that had lupus. God healed her of lupus. We found out two weeks later after the fact. She said at that night, God healed me. Another lady that said the devil had been tormenting her mind and she hadn't slept in over three months. She called the pastor the next day and she said, I slept the whole night through. You know what? All three of them got their miracle. But I wonder how many could have got a miracle. I wonder how many could have got a miracle. I wonder how many could have got a miracle. But would you get it for yourself? <laughs> you got blood, sweat, and tears in this thing. You got blood, sweat, and tears. You want to see your family in here. You want to see people get delivered. Well, I, I just don't know if God can do it. I got a lady in my church right now, Elder, that was hooked on heroin. I'm not talking about a little bit. I'm talking about a lot. She was hooked on drugs. She come to church and we just said, oh, that's an impossible cause. So I didn't even preach and we didn't even shout and we didn't even worship. And no, there's people that's got blood, sweat, and tears in this. They want to see deliverance. Even if it's not them, they want to push this through for somebody else. She come up and prayed a few times. And yeah. yeah, it felt pretty good. She didn't get the Holy Ghost. Brother Waldrop was there. He was preaching. She come up. She was praying pretty good. People standing around looking at me. Ain't you going to dismiss pastor? Kind of like some of us doing right now. <laughs> Just hurry up. Just let them shout so we can go home. You ain't got nothing. You ain't got this. It's not about shouting so we can go home. It's about shouting because you want to worship God. Because you want somebody to get deliverance. Because you want somebody to get the Holy Ghost. Elder, you know me well enough. I, I just walked up and I said, some of you want me to dismiss, but we ain't dismissing. I said, we're not just going to stop at the first sign of resistance. I said, we're going to press through. And I said, everybody pray. They begin to pray. 
that Holy Ghost began to move in there, we began to walk back and pray for her. It was just a matter of two or three minutes. Uh, she was shaking in the Holy Ghost, uh, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. But what if we would have stopped because somebody's looking at me like, hurry up, preacher. Come on, hurry up. God's not in a hurry. And if you really got this, uh, you're going to stay as long as it takes. She was a heroin addict. She was hooked on it. She told me I'd shoot it up in my vein, in my wrist, and then I'd take the spray, the, the, the spray tan stuff and cover it up. Oh, but God can't deliver that. He can when people begin to push. He can when the church, hey, you know how you have a baby? You got to push. That doctor said, come on, push, push. Why can't you have babies when he's over in Africa? You think it's going to hurt his feelings? No, he'll be shouting over in Africa. But we don't want to push. It takes too much work. Elder Borden, or I might have been Brother Go there. He said, You know what? You just got to quit. He's talking about smoking and drugs and alcohol. He said, The best way to get rid of us is just quit. Just stop. Well, I can't. You can if you got God's help. The world says you can't do it, but God said you can do it. I just wonder how many people in this place really want to get a hold of this that it's going to carry not just till next Sunday but it's going to carry when he's gone it's going to carry when he comes back because he's just like Jesus there's times he's weary because Jesus was flesh Say the garden of Gethsemane, boy, the spirit's willing, but this flesh, man, it's weak. You know, if you need something from God, I'm so sure God's gonna move in this place. If you need something, you can get it. Why are you so sure? Because this is God's house and we're God's people. The Bible said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed out begging bread. You don't have to beg God for anything. sing this song. I'm done. I'm closing. I'm closing up my Bible. They're going to begin to sing this song. And you know what? I'm not coming out praying for you. We're so used, Elder, to someone pouring a bottle of oil on our head and pushing it through. No. If you get this for yourself, you ain't worried about the preacher coming out there. If you pray yourself through. Learn to pray yourself through. Learn to pray yourself through. Learn to dance by yourself. Learn to worship by yourself. It's not because I don't want to pray for you. I, I don't mind praying. I like praying for people. But you know what? We're too dependent uh, upon the man of God to do the pushing. So tonight, when we begin to sing this song, I'm not going to grab the oil and come running down there. The elder wants to do it. He's more than welcome to. He's the pastor. I ain't going to do it because you're dependent on me to push you through.
has a baby, ain't nobody pushing that out but that lady. No matter, daddy might be sitting right there, but he can't do a thing about it except encourage her. And that's what I'm trying to encourage somebody tonight. You can get this for yourself. You can get it for yourself. You can get it for yourself. You can get it for yourself. I'm not going to ask Elder Riggin. It ain't none of my business. But I wonder when's the last time you really got this for yourself? When's the last time you got a hold of this uh, and you didn't care who was watching and you begin to dance uh, and you begin to worship the Lord with all your might? David did it without Nathan laying his hand on him. service is dependent upon you the rest of the service. This church is going to get out of it what you want to get out of it. I know what God told me. I know what needs to happen in here. God, I know what should happen here. God spoke to me. But you know what? God's wanting to do it, but how bad do we want God to do it? Lift your hands and worship the Lord. I'm done.
loose right now. The devil's got you back. Oh, but there's victory. spoke to me I never thought of it this way but when it's raining you don't get wet till you get out in the rain some of you are so bound that if you just jump one time you just begin to worship one time you just begin to move you know what that rain starts getting on you Woo! hey if you'll try it You'll see that this preacher ain't that cold. Shut that I am on Some of you has got out in the rain. It's been a long time. 